Uh, hello, this is uh, Griffin Griffel Newman. Uh, hi, this is uh, David Simsbert Sims. And we are Griffel and Simsbert. Simsbert. It's funny. <laughs> it works. Yeah. Uh, thanks to uh, producer Ben for that one. Yep. 100% of the credit there. You and are 100% welcome, of the world. lawsuits if either the estates of Siskel or Ebert wants to come after us. Uh, you are, of course, listening to our podcast in which we dissect Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, the first and sadly last mm-hmm. of the Star Wars films. A George Lucas film. Yep. It's a George Lucas film. It George was... Lucas joint. I think it's credited yep. as a George Lucas joint, right? Uh, yep. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, supposed to be a franchise starter. I guess so, yeah. Expansive we're, sci-fi we're, universe. Right. There's a lot going on. That's what we're going to talk about. There's there's a, a whole world out there that we, we just brush against. But unfortunately, much like, you know, John Carter, Jupiter Ascending, uh, Battlefield Earth. Hey, don't, don't, don't piss on Jupiter Ascending's grave before it's even dead. Like, we don't know. I, I mean, look, I'd love to see a, a Jupiter uh, descending. Mm, Saturn Ascending? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I actually, I think my, my earlier superior joke was, uh, uh, Jupiter, um, uh, achieving a cruising altitude. <laughs> Jupiter peaking. Yeah. I had, I was good on Twitter like four weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, you know, we're just, we got it. We're here. We're here. We're here. And we just have to work with what we have, which is just the Phantom Menace. The Phantom Menace. Yep. And some might say, oh, wait, weren't there? I don't know what you're talking Mm-mm. about. The Phantom Menace. I don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. And if one were to reference other films, they would get docked points. Yeah. And they'd probably be a hilarious sound effect. Probably be a hilarious sound effect, but you get docked points. That's not what we're here to talk about in this podcast. We're here to talk about Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. And more specifically today, this weird group of people mm. the film sets up uh, called the, uh, the Jedis. <laughs> the Jedis. A uh, robed, um, sort of priest policeman. Yeah, uh, who um, are very serious, very very dour, very unfunny people. The Jedi Knights, they're called. Uh, yeah, they are Jedi Knights. Not not wearing suits of armor. Nope, suits of cloth. Robe, and by suits, robes. No armor, actually. No protection of any sort. They're wearing all soft, robes, we can soft see. goods. Yeah, it's all soft goods. Yeah, but they don't have helmets. They don't have pads. They do got weapons. They have these. I, I once again, I don't even know how to describe them. They, they look like laser swords. They look like laser swords. Yes, like they're like noticed early in the film. They're like laser sabers. Yeah, I think I think they 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 are very bright, bright sabers. Like is that a what like a called? like a light rapier, I would say. <laughs> now Griffin, they do they do call them lightsabers. They pretty do sure call them lightsabers. Yeah. We do know that. Uh, we we may not know much, but we know that. We know that. Hey. We know that. Uh, and they make their base on Coruscant, mm-hmm. and uh, they talk about the Force. A lot. Uh, whatever that is. Well, uh, as it is established within this film, it is a um, rare blood disease. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, they're kind of meta- – yeah, they're, they're – so they're robed uh, street people mm-hmm. in, in brown cloth who walk around with indestructible uh, swords. Light of, rapiers. Of, yes. Yeah. And I don't like you saying light rapiers. It just, I don't like that. Well, look it up in the dictionary, folks. I'm not saying anything inappropriate. Because <laughs> I guarantee you, saying the word light rapier is a perfectly illegal. Uh, can we can we get a time on how quickly it took Griffin to bust that out? Uh, about four minutes in. All right, cool. good. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, and they occasionally will kidnap uh, child slaves mm-hmm. and um, surreptitiously test their blood without really telling them why. Yeah. Send those results to uh, their central processing chamber where they, I don't know, find new slaves to induct into their uh, cult. It is a cult. Uh, David, just I, I just want to uh, take take it back for one second. I agree that it is a cult. Yeah. You said they will kidnap a child. That is not true. They will uh, rig a bet in order to <laughs> obtain a child right. who then they own as a slave. But there's no kidnapping. There is no point in this movie. Is well, I I, I can't say that. They'll is, rig a chance cube. Sure, a motherfucker will rig a chance cube left and right. We got to talk about the chance cube. Got to talk about that chance cube. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess they do buy Anakin's freedom in this movie. But do they ever say that he's free? It's not oh, really no. discussed. It's oh, like David, he's not you're free. free from that job, and wow. now you'll come with us. No, he's not free. Yeah, because like, what if Anakin was like, "Hey, actually, I want to be like you know a salesman in the uh, Mos Espa spaceport." Like, I want to sell some some uh, trinkets. Too bad. You think Qui-Gon would have said, like, uh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, you're free, so do whatever no, you want. No, Qui-Gon would not have said that. All right. So David? We should back up. We should back up. Uh, I, th- I think, you know, we're we're speeding through this. Let's let's start to, you know. No, pick, no, we're done. That's it. Pick the, right? That's, <laughs> that's the end of this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's, let's start picking the, the gnat shit out of the pepper here, you know? Mm. Um you know, every episode of this podcast, we're trying to devote to a different element of this film. Yeah, going and into we're, some and we're aspect trying to figure of detail. Out what, what the movie is about—that's the goal. We're it, trying this, to. This podcast is a mystery. Yeah, it's like a sort of. I'm making a, a hand signal. It's like a big ball of jelly. And yeah, we're just trying to get to the middle of we're it. Digging what's inside this ball of jelly? Yeah, what is the Phantom Menace about? What's it about? And the Jedi's, um, the lead characters in the film are Jedi's. Yeah, I'd say Qui Gon and. And Obi Wan. Uh, Obi Wan are probably the two main characters. Yeah. If I had to rank yeah. them in order of importance, I would say so. I think in terms of uh, billing, yeah. star billing, Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor. Anakin is an aspiring yes. Jedi Knight, yes, a potential so, Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, one would argue that perhaps waiting until Episode Three to dissect the Jedi Order, mm-hmm. the Jedi Council, was maybe shooting ourselves in the foot because maybe that's the key to finding out what this movie is about is looking at the main characters. No, I think it makes sense that we spent the first episode on the first eight minutes and the second episode on like Kira Knightley. I think I think it makes sense that it took us till now. Kira like, Knightley think, though. Yeah, yeah. Kira Knightley though. Is she a Jedi? Oh boy, she's not a Jedi, but she makes my rapier uh, light no, up. No, no, no. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. No, 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 no. <laughs> All right, so you're right. You're right. Of course, this is I the am most right. crucial. She does make my light up. Why does why does your lightsaber sound effect just sound like a car starting? Because I not even like a fancy car, like a Corolla. Because I'm so excited for Furious Seven. Yeah, that yeah. every sound effect I weeks. make right now. Mm. Yeah, I was eating a banana all like. Mm. I just put Cope for Griffin's yeah. car in park. Yeah. Uh, you parked my car. No cars in this movie. No cars in this movie. There are speeders. Yeah. There are ships. Yeah. There's a big line between speeders and ships. Yeah. There's also a sort of a bubble craft at one point. Don't yeah. forget the bubble craft. Yeah. The the submarine type bubble craft pod. No, but uh, there's, there's the part, not to jump ahead, but there's the part where they're testing Anakin to decide whether or not he can be a Jedi Knight. Yeah, where, where they're testing him. They have yeah, the screen, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and they ha- he has to guess what's on the screen. He right. goes, cup, uh, a ship, a speeder. Yeah. 
which is a kind of ship. He's so precise that he knows the difference between a ship and a speeder, except it's just a subclass. They're such jerks. And then they're, even then, they're like, you can't be a genie, you're yeah. too old. But that's like saying a cop, a primate, a chimpanzee. And it's like, well, but both of those are technically primates. Yeah, well, you know, the first was not clear. Okay. Um, a little foggy. Um, the the Jadis of this film. Uh, where the cloaks uh, with the swords, beginning of the film, they try to... Um, They've uh, been sent as negotiators. Yes. To uh, defuse the situation. Yes. TC-14, our favorite lady. She's so smart. Maybe the hottest bitch in the game right oh, now. Oh, she's so smart and sexy. Um, she... Walks in there with her tea, and she's like, yo. Yo. Goes back to Jedi our Knights. friends, the Nemordians. Yeah, she's like, I think these are Jedi Knights. What do the Nemordians say? They go, but why are they trying to... Uh... I don't remember what they say. Yeah, say know. Like Who that. knows what they say. Um, but, the, but the point is, Jedis are that recognizable. Right, right. They all look kind of, kind of look the same, too. They all wear the same very simple clothing. So they're somewhat monastic. Yes. Yes. You don't see them with wives or girlfriends. Yeah. Oh, oh! I th- believe love is forbidden. Is that mentioned in this movie? Well, it's just weird that none of them have any... There's no... I don't think it's mentioned in this movie, though. That was my analysis. You're it going was, look, 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 nothing was said, but I'm allowed to go into a deeper reading. I'm yeah, not yeah, basing yeah. it on any external knowledge of any other things it, I've seen. And I mean, and we can't deny the fact that Qui-Gon Jinn, yeah. a grown man, yeah. spends 100% of his time with uh, Obi-Wan, who is, I don't know how old, he's supposed to be about 20 years yeah. old, maybe. And, and let's not ignore the elf in the room. Two good-looking men. Boy, oh, boy. boy. Oh, boy. Enough, enough. Uh, How's you know, your lightsaber doing right now? Oh, boy. I mean, I'm saying, you know, as inspired by you, I got to coin a new term here with looks that could make a, a, a mouth shudder like Boss Nass, you know? You see yeah. those faces, you go, um, Yeah, two pretty, pretty faces. Qui-Gon's yep. got a nice little uh, close-cropped beard. Yeah. Uh, Obi-Wan is a sort of a peachy, fuzzy face. Oh, very. God. And he's got a dumb crew cut and a lame ponytail. Yeah, but you cut that off while he's sleeping. <laughs> he's good enough to bring home to dad. You know? and, and Qui-Gon's got, ooh, oh like head God. and shoulders oh kind of, yeah, God. shoulder length hair. Oh, look it's at great. that fucking hair. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So they're good looking guys, guys, right. but there are girl Jedis, we, we think. Yeah, but there doesn't seem to be any sort of uh, 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 mingling, romantic mingling no. of the two. No. My point here, because, you know, my, my statement that Love is Forbidden is based entirely off of just this one film and yep. no external knowledge. Mm-hmm. But you'd think that were they allowed to engage with the fairer sex, they'd be picking up Biddy's left Oh, and my right. God. Left and right, Qui-Gon they're traveling around the galaxy. would have to swat him away with his green lightsaber. Traveling around the galaxy. And even when they go to the Jedi Council, mm-hmm. and there are all these other Jedis there, yep. some of them female, and once again, may- maybe, maybe. Who knows? Maybe they're some homosexual. Of them are, you know, Qui-Gon uh, or, or Obi-Wan may be homosexual. I didn't, I didn't realize this podcast was going to get political. There are enough male. I'm, I'm, look, yeah. you give me a soapbox, I'm going to stand on it. Okay. There are enough male Jedis there of different species the point is, whatever floats their boat, they're sure. coming across enough different types of creatures. Yeah, maybe you're into creatures. Hey, totally cool by me. But there's no evidence that there's uh, anything going on. No. And I think were they allowed, they would go for it. Right. But they don't. No. They wear these robes, and they carry these swords. And they serve as intergalactic functionaries. Right, well, they're supposed to sort of, uh, they're, they're presented as ambassadors. Somewhat neutral. Like they have a sort of like 
you know, they 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 have no side. Like that's why they're being sent in, right? Like they're right. sort of uh, ombudsman for the galaxy. Yet they were these very identifiable um, ensembles. Yeah, and they carry uh, really powerful weapons with which they can basically take apart an entire ship. Right. And do in the first minutes of the so, movie. So they're going in under false pretenses, but not kind of. trying to hide who they are at no, all. No, they're, they're, they, in the first scene of the movie, which we, I think, might have talked about a little bit. A little bit. They are so incredibly disdainful yeah. of their work mm-hmm. and what they're being made to do. They're just yeah. like, ugh. Yeah. Here we are on this dumb ship, I guess. Oh, they're bringing us tea, these losers. But, like, but whose fault is it? Should the Republic of Naboo said, hey, we're going to send some Jedis there to talk about it and let the Nemoidians know. Right. Is it their bad or should the Jedis, if they were sent to function as ambassadors, maybe, I don't know, put on a nice suit, yeah. nice clean suit. Right. If not, you know, don't ask, don't tell. Are you a Jedi? Yes, I am indeed a Jedi. Instead of giving it away from your basic appearance, because the second they walk in, TC-14, hottest bitch in the game, goes back to the Moidi and says, I think they're Jedis. Doing her job, by the way. I think they're Jedis. And it's like, uh, you think they're Jedis? They're Jedis. She's just being polite. Yes. She's just being polite because she doesn't want to be like, hey, guys, I know everything and you know nothing. Right. But FYI, those are a couple of Jedi's. Cool uh, she has know. a real, if she had rollable eyes, her eyes would have rolled when she said that. But her eyes are just uh, little light sockets. I think they may be Jedi's. Um, did you look at them yeah. for like one second? Anyway, TC-14. An- anyway, very quickly, gas gets leaked in. Can we interview the person who voiced TC-14? Oh I bet we could find her, right? Right, that's got to be it. Yeah, yeah. I'm right. gonna look up. Anyway, uh, yeah, they come in. Gas comes in. They they take down everything the Nemoidians throw at them, be it gas, um, uh, battle droids, uh, closing doors, everything. everything. You realize how um, agile and uh, capable they are as fighters. We haven't even gotten to the pack. Yeah, they have magic powers. They have magic. Wait, powers. we didn't even talk about this. They, have they magic can powers. blast things across the room just by moving their hands. They can brainwash people. They are possessed of, like, a terrifying amount of powder, power for galactic policemen. I mean, once again, one man's magic powers are another man's fatal blood disease. <laughs> but um, they, they, they have abilities. They can jump around. They can block laser weapons, like, with precision accuracy, with their, their like, rather skinny laser swords. Um, they are, uh, They have premonitions. They have premon- They can see the future, kind of. Although they're always like, eh, it's cloudy, it's cloudy. So I don't know how, how good that power, power is. David, I have some terribleness. Oh, no. Oh, God. TC-14 is dead? TC-14 was played by a man. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I feel really bad right now. Is that the actor in the suit? Or also the- Because that, that is a female voice. Ooh, good point. They're probably two different listings. That was who played him in the suit. Okay, right, hold on. Right. Played her in the suit. Okay. Oh, my God. Oh. Because, I mean, TC-14 is genderless. It is a robot. It has no... Apart from the voice, it has no... It looks exactly the same as uh, every other robot. David. Okay. Do you remember when I told you that I had some bad news? Oh, boy. Yes. And it was... Oh, John Fenson. Oh, God. Played How disappointing could it be? TC-14, we want to meet the actress. Right. Oh, it's a guy. He's right. a, a grip. It's his only acting role. <laughs> right? Sure. He hasn't worked on anything since a short in 2008, right? Ooh. How disappointing could things get? Okay. I've now found out who is the voice of TC-14. Yes. And I have some great news from you. It, it is better than we ever could have imagined. Is it Olivia de Havilland? 
TC14 is played by one of our mutual favorite underrated actresses. Who? TC14 is played by the great Lindsay Duncan. Oh, what? She is, ugh. Lindsay Duncan is a treasure. A Lindsay, national treasure. A national treasure. An international treasure. Lindsay Duncan, who played the uh, underwritten uh, theater critic role. Yeah. Uh, uh, poorly written. It was written. overwritten. It was overwritten. It was overwritten. And badly written in uh, Birdman. Thinly written. Yes. Yeah. But overwrought. But hell, she, she, she tried her best. Oh, she played the shit out of it. Yeah. Um, some of you may know her from the uh, uh, Doctor Who uh, uh, Waters of Mars, which That's right. may be my That's favorite right. episode of that series. She um, was the mom in About Time. Yeah, she had the underrated BBC miniseries Perfect Strangers by Stephen Polyakov. She is absolutely extraordinary in it. She's uh, a great actress. My my uncle Who knew Lindsay Duncan. Right? I know that they made the movies in England, and so they would just yeah. sort of scoop up people of you know that yeah. Terrence Stamp and Oliver Ford Davis, these like Shakespearean legends, you yeah. know. But uh, who knew? Wow. The great Lindsay Duncan has three lines as the voice of a robot who serves tea. Who we have been talking about like every episode of this podcast for 10 minutes. TC14 has probably clogged more airtime than any other. Yeah. Character. I think TC14 right now, if you made a pie chart of everything we've talked about, would be the biggest chunk. Yeah. No question. Um, oh, God. I just can't. Now, if I. You want to? As if I didn't already want to fuck TC14. Now that I know it's <laughs> Lindsay Duncan, this has been our dirtiest episode. No yet. question. I, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lindsay Duncan is like one of the most beautiful. She's a gorgeous lady. Sixty-seven-year-old women I've oh ever seen. I don't mean that as like a qualifier. No, you're not. You're not being patronizing. No, I. I mean, she, you're just objectively. Like she's, every she, woman will be sixty-seven at some point. Well, one hopes. She may honestly be in my top ten. Actress crush list. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Lindsay Duncan? She's so beautiful. Imagine walking yeah. into a party with her. Imagine oh, like geez. walking into the White House with her on your arm. Everyone would be like, oh, hi. Call me crazy, but I think we'd actually make a good couple. Yeah, you'd make a great couple. Right? I mean, it depends. I don't know what Lindsay's looking for at this point in her life, if she maybe wants to have a little fun with a younger man. I think she might. And also, I mean, let's be honest, I'm not that much fun. <laughs> I mean, if she wants to have a little fun with a younger man, I'm the choice. But like, the idea is like, sometimes someone older dates someone younger and they're like, oh, I can't keep up with him. Right. You can keep up with yeah, me. Yeah, you can keep up with him. I mean, I, but you do have to watch like a lot of like DVDs in your apartment. Yeah, but that's the point. You get to stay on the couch and drink tea and then right. you, you have to watch Chicken Run a bunch. Ooh, Chicken Run. She, yeah. she, she might be a voice in Chicken Run for oh, all God, we know. I hope she's a voice in Chicken Run. I want to <laughs> fuck that chicken. All right. Uh, let's stop talking about Lindsay Duncan and TC14. The GD Knights. The GD Knights. Okay, so I'm just saying, it's yeah. crazy to me that there is so much, these guys are so powerful, Yeah, they are so scary, mm-hmm. everyone's scared of them, the Nemoidians in their big donut ship are like, Jedi's, what are you talking about? Oh, let's kill them! And yet, they are the ones everyone's leaning on for like, oh, could you go solve this problem for us? Yeah. Yeah, could you go fix this crisis, please? Yeah. What the hell? Um, in the opening credit scroll, I believe they're described as uh, guardians of peace and justice. They are. Who invested them with this power? Well, that's my big question I want to investigate into because all we know about the Jedi's are the events that happen within these two hours and 12 minutes of film, right? We have no prior context for who these people are. None at all. They have a base of operations on the planet Coruscant where real estate must be primo expensive. But we we don't know what district it is. Maybe it's like you know. It's all one district. The whole plant's a city. <laughs> David, the whole plant's a city. Do you know what school district they're in, or are they their own school district? They're in District Ten. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they're in a big tower. They're in, in a the big middle tower. of Coruscant. Yeah. And by the middle, I mean I don't actually know where it is because Coruscant is one big city. But it's yeah. somewhere in there. But it but it looks like they're. It's they're... or is it a pyramid? 
No, 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 no. It's a tower. It's, it's a, a tower. tower. Yeah, 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 because yeah. it looks like... Because they have this 360... It's like a revolving restaurant at yes. the top of a hotel. Exactly. Thank yeah. you. But way higher up. Right. Way higher. Yeah. It, basically in the clouds. Because the base is so skinny, it looks like it could only be an elevator to the top. Right. It's the dumbest design in the yep. world for a building you don't want to get blown up by, like, errant lasers or spaceships crashing into it. Like, oh, how I, on earth is it If someone leaned on it... <laughs> It would crumble. Who it looks so thing? insecure. I probably, you know, fucking Plu Kloon, knowing him. He's a great Jedi, but not a great architect. I mean, as as we all know. Yeah. Uh, the great Plu Kloon. Uh, R.I.P. R.I.P. Um, um, uh, Plu is the Jedi who looks like a bug. <laughs> He's got a cockroach face. You got, have you got all their names uh, filed away in your brain? I got most of them. I have to look a couple of them up. But it, yeah, so we actually don't know much about the Jedi's organizing structure, except that the Bosses seem to be in this revolving restaurant room. Who anoints them with this power? No idea. They seem to have a relationship with the Galactic Senate. But do they work for the Senate? Not clear. Do they answer to anybody? Doesn't seem like they answer to anybody, but they talk to everybody. Ooh. So so much like <laughs> David's making money fingers. Yep. Um, his fingers are turning into money. Yeah. <laughs> um, much like a religion... There yeah. is sort of they a, are a religion They're, or a cult. I a a self created sort of power structure yeah. and system, and they take on their own responsibilities. Yes, and overseeing things in the community. Yeah, in the in the galactic community. Yeah. And I guess you know when there are big issues going on in the world, sometimes like the president will call in like a, an archbishop and a. Yeah, but I mean whatever. But it feels weird. I don't understand. We've been trying to talk about, and we talked about with Amidala. Yeah. Like Lucas maybe finding analogs in the real world for right. these things. The Jedi in every way are like the Vatican, you know, like yes. they are like this sort of uh independent religious mm-hmm. organization that has a lot of influence. But like but it's rather than you know, than starting wars all over the place and you know, I don't think George Lucas is trying to lionize the Vatican, is he? Is this a No, no, yeah? I don't think so. I don't think he likes Religion and and once again, I mean, one could argue with our previous take on the film is like Lucas saying that the the bourgeois culture needs to uh, collapse in order for true freedom to right. exist in right. the world. That, that uh, everything has become ossified. Yes, that Coruscant especially has just become yeah a bureaucracy where everything stands still. The the Jedi Council itself seems pretty goddamn bureaucratic. Uh, yeah, and really insular. Really insular. Like, oh boy, guys, can we just take it easy? Like, it's a six-year-old kid. For a group that's Is that diverse, oh, okay. they seem very, very... But incredibly diverse. Very diverse. Very impressive. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm no, just, I'm just yeah. reinforcing. You're oh, yeah, absolutely yeah. right. For They're very diverse. so diverse, yeah. they seem so exclusionary... They do. Yeah. They're jerks. Yeah. And, okay, so this is uh, this is a good point. So I mm. think you're right. Like, uh, it, it's all part of Lucas's whole uh, concept of, like, power eventually corrupting, even if you don't yep. want it to, mm-hmm. and just things things rolling to a halt. Mm-hmm. The Jedi Council, we only see them in a couple scenes late in the film. Mm-hmm. After Qui-Gon Jinn, one of their knights, who roves around the galaxy, has brought them a child whose blood tests, and we'll, we'll get to that, that's gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, have indicated that he has a high count of midi chlorians. Yep, which means apparently he is born to be a Jedi. They give him a couple tests. They ask him a lot of mean questions, and then they're like, "Yeah, he's too old. Forget it." Now, this is a big point. I want to. It get is to. one of the most unsympathetic unsymp- scenes in the film, and this is a film that involves murder, 
impalement, mm-hmm. people getting chopped in half, mm-hmm. starships blowing up, mm-hmm. racist Japanese aliens, yeah. racist Jamaican aliens, mm-hmm. uh, racist Jewish aliens, mm-hmm. racist other miscellaneous racist aliens. Oh, which by the way, you know, last week you were saying you were surprised that I wasn't spending more time trying to ape uh, a Padme's voice oh, yeah, or sure. weird right, stilted right. speaking stuff. Yes. And the obvious answer why I wasn't going for it was because it wasn't a racist caricature of another uh, group. Are you about to drop a bomb? Well, I in rewatching the film for now my fifth time in the last month. Yep. Um, I, I figured out exactly who Padme speaks like. Okay. She speaks like uh, South Park's version of Canadians. <laughs> we in the Senate do believe that. Right? No, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. The Trade Federation must guy. come to a halt. Thanks, guy. guy. Yeah. <laughs> it, co- committee. That's the, yeah, the, committee. The only line I can hit committee. with her is committee. 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 Why does she talk? Anyway. I don't know. Anyway. She's Canadian. That's my point. Yeah, she's a Nimudian. Nibiru. All right, so yeah, so I'm just saying the Jedi are jerks. They're in jerks. This movie, yes, they're and they're judgmental Qui-Gon jerks. Yeah, is a whole different kind of jerk. There's yeah. two jerks. Yeah, but the, the Jedi Council, they're like, no, we're not accepting any new members. They're like the Park Slope Food Co-op. You know, they're up their own ass. This weird age thing of like, he's a child. How young are they supposed to be? Thank you. How Thank old is you. he? Is he eight? How old is he in the yeah, movie? Eight, nine? What, yeah. You're supposed to be three? Like, I don't, what are they looking for here? What is, what is, is and also, being a Jedi is like being a gymnast. If you don't start like at infancy, then you're too old. And also, he passed a blood test, which yes. seems to be 99% of it. It seems right. to, It's like, oh, he's got the force in him, so boom, like, like he's a Jedi. Right. right. So but, but, I mean, don't you want to keep an eye on him? Yes, and to your cult point- the age thing reads to me as, oh, if someone has the abilities, they have this blood disease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're in the running to be a Jedi. We need to get them before they form any sort of personality, before any outside experiences shape them in any way right. so we can mold them entirely to what we want them to be. And so they, they won't really have emotions because they seem to get really hung up on Anakin, this little boy who, yeah. let's run down his life, born a slave, mm-hmm. works for a Jewish alien racist slave stereotype. No father. No father. Mother seems nice enough. Yeah. Uh, but she's probably a pathological liar because she's told him that there was no husband. Which, there was no guy involved, which is not she's true. Crazy. Yeah, There's on. no true. Come on. Um, uh, builds robots in... Actually, the kid's life actually sounds all right. <laughs> it sounds pretty he, rad, He's actually. a champion racer in an interplanetary <laughs> <laughs> racing uh, forum. And then... Uh, but then, uh, you know, uh, is taken away from his mother. Yes. So that's a little sad. Yeah. And he was a slave. Yeah. Um, met, met Natalie Portman. That's a bonus. Um, yeah. And then, so they're saying like, "Oh, what are you angry? You're angry right now." Like they're they're asking him things. Oh, they, no, they, no, no, they sorry. say, "Are you scared?" They ask him if he's afraid. That's right. They don't even ask him if he's angry. It's yeah. just if he's afraid. And then Yoda goes, "Well, fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering." Now, who, one, who's this yoga mo- Yoda? Yoda. I call him. Yoda. I don't even remember his fucking name. This guy does not know. stick in okay. my mind. This is not a well-defined or memorable character. He's a CG creation in the Blu-ray that I watched. Yes. Um, he's, I don't know what, three feet tall. He's like a green guy with alien ears and sort of hair and like gray hair. He's like a little guy. He talks like in this sort of. This weird stilted speak I can't get the yeah, hang of. Yeah, this sort of phonetic nonsense. Yeah. And, um, and he, uh, he's kind of the, there's two bosses it seems. Yeah. Like there's two main guys in the Jedi Council. Yes. You got Yoda. 
mm-hmm. and you got Samuel L. Jackson, an excellent actor, Academy Award nominated actor. Yeah, surprised he took yeah, such in, a small like role. A th- like, like a few lines yeah. as as a bald uh, Jedi Knight called Mace Windu. Maybe he was old friends with Lucas or something. <sighs> Who knows? He Who knows? seemed very interested in being the project. That's all I know. Yeah, I don't know why. It couldn't have paid that much. Exactly. It's yeah. a little confusing. But nonetheless, there he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of them are grumpy guts. Everyone in this board is grumpy guts. Boy, oh boy. You don't even talk about Kaya D. Mundi. I don't know who that is. He's the guy with the penis head. He's the <laughs> Jedi member whose head looks like the tip of a penis. He's got a bumpy noggin that goes up way tall, and if you rub it really hard, come, come, comes out. <laughs> Okay. You mean he's the one who kind of looks like an Easter Island head? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, mean, I know that one. Right. And he, does he even say anything? Well, you know like, what, I, what I call the Easter Island statues? Good, good, please go ahead. The circle of penises. <laughs> Are they arranged in a circle? I didn't know. Um, oh, I, you're right. I was confusing it with Stonehenge. You know what I call Stonehenge? <laughs> go ahead. Penis Henge. <laughs> Uh, Kaidi Mundi does is, he even say he he thinks he, he has is. like he has a couple of scants glances a yeah, couple lines and he goes I believe I mean he says some dumb Ugh, fucking expositional Jedi's. nonsense the point is he's one of only three Jedi's who has uh, lines right, right. it's it's Kaidi Mundi Mace Windu and Yoda and all Kaidi Mundi says he just backs up their points but it, with this very kind of stiff it, upper lip aristocratic judgmental the kid is being interrogated by a circle mm-hmm. of magical beings like. He can't even turn around without more of these motherfuckers being like, are you frightened? He's like fucking three million fucking miles up in the sky. Yeah, in, in the dumbest tower that like, if there's the slightest breeze, it might fall over. He for up, all he knows. He grew up as a fucking slave on a sand planet. Yeah, he lives in a sand hut. It's all huts. There are no tall structure. <laughs> the biggest structure he's ever seen is is the Coliseum where the pod races start. To be fair, he did race in like 700 mile an hour races. So he, he has some experience with danger. He knows how to go fast, but going up high is a whole different ball game. You're absolutely right, and I, I take everything back. I just everything I say withdrawn. You might have a fear right. of height because pod pod racers they go fast, but they're pretty low to the ground. Yeah, they're barely elevated. Absolutely, you know. Yeah, and there's even one point where he goes up high in the pod race, and it looks he looks nervous. He's a little. Well, we're gonna get to the pod race. That's a whole other. That's a whole other. That's maybe a two parter. Yeah, maybe like a ten parter. It might be a twelve parter. Yeah, maybe like a hundred parter. Yeah, that might be its own podcast. <laughs> But he's in there being interrogated by all these people, and they're yeah. just they're just looking on. Now, can mm. I sidebar for a second? Because you asked me if I knew all the Jedi's. Yeah, and I was testing myself earlier today to see which ones. How many are there in that room? Uh, it's a it's a little hard to tell. Fair enough. The Wikipedia entry for the Jedi Hall Council lists every member there ever was. Oh wow! And, you know, it's an expanded thing. I mean, yeah, we're really just talking them, about the, the, the one film that novels, came out. The prequel yeah. novels, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. There was all the supplemental material created around the release of the Phantom Menace that we're not interested in at all. Um, but uh, Mace Windu, obviously. Uh, uh, Dias. Oh, who's the, yeah. Who, no, um, no, he's, he's... He's got, like, face tattoos. Okay, all right. Um, he's He's got sort of, like, lines on his face. Okay. Um, then there's uh, Evan Peel, who's, like, pink. He's got long Yoda-esque ears, but he's missing an eye. He's got, like, a scarred-over eye. He's mm-hmm. very short. Um, played by an actor in makeup, which made me think, if we can just sidebar here for a second, Yoda, as you said, fully a CGI creation. Right. I don't know about you, but I grew up with all these great... Jim Henson creations, like you know, sci-fi movies of like puppets. the seventies and eighties, yeah. things like 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 Willow, sci-fi fantasy, mm, love Willow, uh, the Black Hole, Legend, yes, yeah, I love these Labyrinth. practical animatronic, and you you brought up Jim Henson, Farscape, 
sorry. You brought yeah. up Jim Henson, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The actor they have doing the voice of Yoda, I looked it up. Frank Oz. Oh shit. Muppeteer extraordinary. Fozzie, Miss Piggy, why Animal. Is he, why is he doing this like this dumb like computer blob? Give this guy a puppet. That's his strong suit. He can operate that puppet. It's not like he's an actor. He's a puppeteer. And a director. And I'm sure he would... Oh, a wonderful director. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure he would be the first to say that, you know, it's not about doing a voice. As no. a puppeteer, it's the whole body because you're acting through your hands. Now, to be fair... Put him in a booth? Have him say All, the, all this lame character Yoda does is sit in a chair. It sounds very easy to puppeteer. At one point, he is standing because he has a second scene with Obi Wan late in the film. I forgot about that. He has like four scenes in the movie. There are three Jedi Council scenes, and there's one scene at the end where Yoda gives Obi Wan permission to train. Gives Anakin, him the green light, much against his better wishes. Yeah, which he goes, Ugh, fine, I guess. He's really passive aggressive. Yeah, if you insist, I will let you train the boy. Right, because that's a big sticking point too. Is they go, we don't want to take him on. And Qui-Gon goes, I'll take him on. Right. Qui-Gon, it seems, and I want to talk about that, is yeah. a bit of a, a fanatic, but also a, a bit of a radical in mm-hmm. this organization. Mm-hmm. He's behaving in ways that they don't really understand. Well, his big sticking point is um, he believes in this prophecy. Yeah. Again, this movie is overloaded with insane exposition about these people that we barely understand. George. Georgie. This is the first film in a franchise. Georgie Porgy. You gotta start small and build up. Georgie girl. You give it too many details, we're not gonna be able to keep track. Seriously. So we got like we got Jedi Knights, we got the council. There's yeah. a blood test that tests if you can use the force, which is a magical thing which you can use to fight people and yeah. brainwash them. N- nothing good, by the way. All no. their powers are really scary. Really scary. It's not like they can make candy appear, you know? Like it's not Griffin. Or can they? Or can they? We don't actually know. Oh, God. All we see Qui-Gon do throughout the movie is brainwash people mm-hmm. and murder people. Yeah. That is all that like he does. He does this hand wave thing. He tries to convince people of other things. Yeah. Um, oh, and uh, uh, messes with a chance cube. Messes with which, a goddamn uh, chance cube. You know, like, is nothing if, sacred? Yeah, exactly. If you can't trust a chance cube... How are you going to get any bets done? That's how we're supposed to make these decisions that are too big for mere mortals. What if it's like it's a thing where you want to roll a 50-50 chance of something happening? You know, there's only one way to do it. It would be a six-sided die in which three are colored blue and three are colored red. And then if blue comes up or red comes up, then you know who's one. That's the only way to figure this out. Look. That's the only way to, to, to decide a 50-50 yes. chance. Yes. Well, what are you going to do instead? Pick something with two sides on it and I don't understand flip it? what you're talking about. I don't understand what you're talking How about. How would that work? No. I you don't understand. a six-sided chance cube. Yeah, a chance cube. A chance exactly. cube. You know, the, the simplest form on Earth is a perfectly even sanded cube. Yeah. And those are so easy to create yeah. and impossible to mess with. Yeah. You can't create a loaded one. Oh, well, actually, you can. You can't, create you a can't mess with them with the force of, well, no, actually, you can. can. Yeah. Uh, but still, Other you know. Other than that, it's, it's a perfect form of decision making. All good flying Jews have them in the Star Wars universe. Exactly. I'm sorry, in the Phantom Menace universe. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm saying the Phantom. No, no, I know what you're talking about. I know it's the Star Wars universe, but since we only got this one film, why call it the Star Wars universe? It's the Phantom Menace universe. The Phantom Menace verse. Um, Qui-Gon keeps on going on and on about this prophecy. There's some prophecy of balance to the Force. One Jedi is going to bring balance to the Force. I guess the the Force is out of balance. I don't know. It seems pretty balanced to me. No, I mean, it doesn't seem great. What? what, 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 uh, the, The power isn't great? They all seem to be powerful. That's true. 
the problem to me seems to be the way the Jedi Council is choosing to behave. Yeah. And the way that they're choosing to induct people into their strange cult. Right. Their strange, super legal cult. Right. So bring balance to the force. It's like, you know, be the change you want to see in the world, you know? In the world. Yeah. Things go from the top down. Mace, Yoda, Yaddle, Plucloon, Kaidimandi. I think there was another name you wanted to tell me. There was one name in particular. You oh, there is. Seem very interested in this is a pre-show. Adi Galia, Evan Peel, but this is the one I really want to tell you. Seifo Diaz, this is the one I really want to tell so you. This is the guy with the very long neck and yes. then a head uh, right at the, sort of. He's got a bit of a Jedi Temple head yes. to him, or Jedi Council. Maybe head. they modeled it after him. Yeah, he looks like a Q-tip. <laughs> he has some of the most expressive character animation I've ever seen. Because of course, if a character has a really long neck, it means their neck is constantly going to be moving. moving around. So in the he's background like of every shot, his neck he's is just sort of wiggling. Swaying. Yeah, just wiggling. Right, his head is staying still, and the neck is wiggling while the head stays in position. Right. Um, and his name is—I genuinely don't know what his name is. Yariel, poof. Y a r a e l. Not a bad first name. Poof. <laughs> now, David. Yeah. We're good friends. We are. We've known, known each for other a, a long time. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I know about you is that you spent your adolescent years living in London, England. In the United Kingdom. That's right. Uh, poof uh, has mm. a slang meaning there, does it not? I want to point out this movie shot in the United Kingdom. Uh-huh. Almost, almost entirely. Yep. Yep. Now, poof does have a slang meaning in that country, doesn't it? It's slang uh, derogatory mm-hmm. what might be the word you want to use. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh, an offensive word to mean uh, a homosexual man. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting you bring that up because I'd like to tell you what the name of the species <laughs> that Yariel Poof falls into. Can I tell you? Yeah, you can tell. He's a queer man. <laughs> oh, God. What? What? He comes up with all the names, right? From Do the homeworld of Queermia. Oh, my God. He's a Queermian male. Q-U-E-R-M-I-A-N. <laughs> how, how did you not lead with this when we were talking about, like, Jedi sex lives? Queermian. I had to save it. Yeah. Well, you, you did a good job. He is two litters away from just being called a queer man. <laughs> and his last name is Poof. Is Q-U-E-R. M I A N. Oh God! He's a Queermian from the planet. He's really Queer-mia. just one changed vowel and then moved forward. That's all you need. He created a Queermian alien named Yariel Poof. So we've spent a lot of time in the past talking about the um, racist, yeah, connotations yeah. of certain characters' behaviors, Accents, vocal patterns, names, occupations. Yes. Uh, 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 interest in money, goals. <laughs> Uh, uh, circumcision strategies. <laughs> um, we thought it was views on women. Yes, we thought it was just limited to race. Yeah, to other cultures. Right. Is George Lucas Jewish? But I thought he was Jewish. Is he not Jewish? I think he's not. Yeah. Anyway, we can we can figure that out later. Yeah. Um, but no, George Lucas also apparently hates, <laughs> hates gay people, people of different sexual orientations. What is the matter with him? What is the matter with I him? I think that he literally, like, when he's naming, coming up with the names, he gets, like, a few good ones, like Darth Maul. That's good, right? Mm-hmm. You know? And yeah. then after a while, he's like, I don't know, eh, queer poofter, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> like, it's terrible. Uh, can I read a little description from Yariel Poof's... Um, uh, you can. W- Wikipedia entry. I, yeah, I'm gonna, I'll allow it. 
Uh, his backstory isn't that interesting, but uh, I want to get into this. This is talking about the Queermian race. Yeah. Okay? Some of the things that define the Queermian race. As a Queermian, Poof's unusually long legs, body, and neck caused him to stand some three feet taller than other humanoid species. Okay. Sure. That's what we saw. Yeah. In addition to his upper arms, Poof has an additional set of delicate arms, which he hid under his cloak. Mm-hmm. Weird. Hid them. Secret arms. Keeping something a secret. Possessing remarkable dexterity because of the extra set of limbs, Poof's sensitive olfactory glands were located in his hands. Nose hands? Yep. Poof has four hands, and he uses them to smell things. He had two brains, one located inside his skull and the other in his chest. It's pretty cool. I thought I should share this cool stuff <laughs> I know we spent a lot of time talking about how, how unfortunate Why is the name is. Why is it so much of the stupid Yoda guy yeah. who's just like me, 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 you know, and, and Samuel L. Jackson phoning it right in. He They're basically in. Skyped that performance yeah. in, except Skype hadn't been embedded yeah. yet. Um, and then you, you've got a two brained gay icon <laughs> sitting like three chairs over. Hold on, hold on. We don't know that Yariel Poof is gay. <laughs> We know how George Lucas feels about gay people. Fair enough, fair enough. We don't know. Let me see. There's, is there any mention of his personal life? You know how on Wikipedia when you look up an actor and yeah. you just scroll right to their personal life? Uh, the problem is his biography is so fucking long. <laughs> well, this is I Wikipedia. gave up on a point. Uh, oh, he doesn't have a personal life because Jedi's aren't allowed to love. Jedi's? Well, this is what you say at least. There is really no mention. None of, of them that. have relationships. Name me one Jedi within the film The Phantom Menace that has a relationship, sexual or romantic, What's, with anyone. There's a couple of glances between Obi Wan and Amidala. He's not interested. No, he's not interested. If he wants to, he could have had it. I think he's that, that, that might be boy. part of their whole creepy cult induction yes. thing. Get them while they're young. Yeah. And figure it out. Like, you know, just purge all the usual um, urges, interests yes. that a, a young person might have. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they were all creepy eunuchs. They might be. Um, they, they say Yarl Poof was discovered as a baby. <sighs> so he didn't even have a chance to develop sexually. So it's sort of, it, it's actually, when I was comparing it to the Vatican, actually, it's sort of a, like a Tibetan monk thing. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're finding yes. these people basically as babies. They're, you know, they're doing the tests, which they would do with Tibetan monks, yeah. where they, they uh, especially with the Dalai Lama, where they ask them to identify objects you know, yeah. that might belong to them. Yeah, you know, even though they're children, Cut. and huh, ship, speeder, <laughs> and Anakin, we must know mm-hmm. who is a young slave boy. We haven't talked about him much in this podcast yet because he's not fully a Jedi yet. But he's a young slave boy who uh, lives on Tatooine, which mm-hmm. is a distant planet where apparently they don't have scouts. You're telling me they had Quirmian scouts, so the second that Yariel Poof was born, they were they like, "Here's figure. a and this kid Jedi. is off the scale, right? Apparently he's scale. higher than Yoda, which like, I mean, for all I know, Yoda's a you know damp right. fart, but right. everyone seems to be very impressed by that statistic. <laughs> Grandmaster Yoda, but but Grandmaster Yoda, Jesus, Grand Wizard Yoda. But the point is. <laughs> This kid's got off-the-charts midi-chlorians. Qui-Gon thinks he might be able to bring balance, and no one's noticed it until now? You're telling me they're going all around the galaxy trying to find all these different... They find people of all creeds, colors, sexual orientations, socioeconomic backgrounds. just shut it all down. From the moment they're born and go, we're taking your kid. Yep. We're making him a creepy, dickless (laughs) Jedi asshole. Yep. Uh, his job will be sitting in a poop chair <laughs> in the tallest in tower chair. in Garza. Right. I forgot we established that they're, that they're, they're toilet chairs. They're just pooping chairs. constantly in those chairs. Because <laughs> they never stand up from the chairs. Um, 
And then, like, TC14 brings them tea. Yes. Yeah. Now, um, you brought up uh, Yoda. Yoda. Yeah. Yo, Yoda. You brought up Yoda. We brought up Yoda Yoga, a lot. Yoga, Yoda. We both have brought up Yoda. I, yeah. I, think, I think it's Yoda. Yo, Yoda. Um, and uh, how um, his reputation seems to precede him. Right. His greatness, his authority, Everyone's his power. Everyone's real hard on Yoda. Doesn't exert it that much, right? Now, there's another uh, creature. Yeah. On the Jedi Hot Council. Performed by a puppet. Named of Yaddle. Looks great. The proof was in the pudding right there. There's a puppet right next to you. Just do it as a you puppet. You got a puppet. You got a puppet. You can't just give the lady puppet the lines, maybe? Who cares about Yoda? You have the great Frank Oz. He has played women puppets before. He's played Miss Piggy. Just for get him over sake. to the other side of the set. Just, stick just... his arm up Yaddle's butt. We know the hole is there because they're already pooping in the chair. <laughs> just stick the arm up the chair's poop this hole. This is a real insight into uh, behind the scenes Hollywood yep. filmmaking mm-hmm. right now. Yep. Yaddle. Yaddle. Female Yoda. Right. Species, Yoda's species. <laughs> so queer me and they came with a full name, but there's still no is. is there's, there's still no, no name. Is. There's no I'm name. speaking like Yoda now. There's still no is name for <laughs> species there is not. Why is that species mysterious? I don't understand. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Yoda's species, okay? Now, Yaddle, also known as the one below. Jeez. I heard that. I went, does that mean she's one step below Yoda, does that mean a woman is one step below a man? Yeah, Certainly, sounds very regressive. But Lucas has shown nothing but regressive views towards... Yes, to, towards all creeds and colors. <laughs> Everyone. Not his own. Everyone. He just loves othering other people. <laughs> he right? does. He's, it's a very othering movie. Okay, so that's that's what I thought. But then I went into this. Um, Yaddle, let me find this whole fucking entry here. Okay. There's a whole prologue i don't need to get into right but then uh, as part of a raid as part of a mission yaddle was captured and imprisoned in a chamber deep beneath the ground by tulak and subjected to various forms of torture however the greenskin padawan did not give in to tulak's torture yaddle was still a padawan at this point which is an apprentice jedi we've established That's refusing to tell him yes. yes refusing to tell him when the next jedi would arrive to challenge the brutal Adivaz warlord after many interrogations yaddle simply replied that turok's reign of terror would end tulak furious that yaddle was not buckling her torture decided to keep yaddle as a hostage even though she would not submit to question um what this are you getting at here? So buddy? fucking long. Yeah. Um, rather than keeping his captive, I'm, I'm jumping around. Tula cruelly imprisoned Yaddle for life in her underground pit in case she ever became useful as a hostage in the future. Um, Yaddle was imprisoned for a hundred years. <laughs> wow. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Yaddle stayed in solitary confinement for in her underground prison for over a century. And her only source of provisions were the wardens who sent down baskets of fruit and vegetables for a time. However, as supplies on Koba ran low, the warden became so preoccupied with their own survival that they slowly forgot about the one below. Wow. Yaddle's existence became the stuff of legend, though a few pitiful beings continued to send food down the shaft as sort of ritual. Yaddle relied on the force for survival. Okay, so, just, again, why is this not the main character of the Thank whole you. movie? That was my point. Yeah. That's my point. Who is this Yoda motherfucker? Who cares? Oh, he got a high score on the blood test. Like, I don't care. Yeah, I, I want someone with some pathos. Has nary a line in this film. Not a line. Not a species. Nope. Not a... Uh, 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 that's all I got. I mean patriarchy in full effect here yeah absolutely the one below now we've been trying to say maybe george lucas is trying to make a point maybe that's maybe there's um a whole grand allegory going on here 
I mean, look, John McCain spent, what, five years as POW? Sure, and we salute his service. But we didn't elect him. He Not got close, but we didn't elect him. Not my president. Yeah, at all. <laughs> Over a century down below, sure. Jedi Hot Council. Huh? Not the master. Do you think maybe everyone else is like, well, she only got on the council because of the whole, you know, one below thing. <laughs> you know, like, she's actually not that great, but they're like, well, you know, we all feel a little bad for Yaddle. They after, do- after the whole she was in prison for 100 years with no food thing. Uh, no joke. Um when Yao returned to the Jedi Temple and Coruscant, the Jedi Council determined that she achieved enough unity with the Force. Oh, uh, yeah, you think so? Oh, yeah, they were like, oh, yeah, it appears uh, this all checks out. They were looking at their little checklist. Um, yeah, I mean, you didn't actually give us a carbon of your W-2, but we're going to let that slide. A reminder, for 100 years, the last 90 of which, they forgot to give you food. <laughs> and they're just sitting in their chairs the whole time. Pooping. You were imprisoned and using the Force to survive. She somehow found a way to turn the Force into nourishment. Yeah, the Force, which seems to be mostly a way to trick people and knock them onto their butts. Okay, so since she had achieved unity with the Force, they decided that she did not need any additional training. Oh, good. Oh, thank oh, you. Phew. We were going to have you run this uh, this uh, gauntlet, this hurdle course, but uh, yeah. you know what? You know what? Here's a chair. We got a chair. Uh, Yaddle, you Let's missed a couple- Let's just hook it up to the sewage system. One you, second. You missed a couple of classes, Yaddle, yeah. so we don't know if we can pass you. Yeah, you've got an incomplete in AP Biology, but- Unfortunately, you can't just start up that class again because all of your teachers died <laughs> in the century. <laughs> yeah, also, none of us know who you are. Yeah, but- none of us have any frame of reference. The council proposed that Yaddle be elevated to the position of Jedi Master and offered a seat on the Jedi Council, even though she was still a Padawan. So I'm absolutely right. It was a total sympathy seat. Master Yoda, feeling that it was too strong a deviance from the typical Jedi code and Jedi training, was the only council member against Yaddle's elevation. What? This guy. Well, you know what he was saying. He was like, look, um... I am the one representative of Yoda's species. Of Yoda's species. Which Maybe you've I heard named. of me. Yeah. I'm the guy. We used to be called something else, but now we're called Yoda's species. However, after examining her story and through a quick glimpse into her future, Yoda Jesus. backed down, allowed Yaddle to join the ranks of Jedi Council. This is like Gone so Girl. You know, yeah. he's like he's like subjecting her to this terrible and terrible. She's like still on the hospital bed, malnourished, and he's like, "Were you really in prison for a hundred years?" Key detail. However. Through examining her story, not enough, and through a quick glimpse into her future. Not uh, only did Yoda little, think she glimpse. had served her time. A little glimpse. Down below, he had to take a little glimpse in the future and go, oh, Let's take fine. a peek. And he's like, are we married? What? Fine. We're not? Oh, yeah, right. Jedi's aren't allowed to get married. Forget it. Yaddle is not the main character. That's crazy. This That's should be fun. called the Yaddle, the, 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 the epic saga of Yaddle. The Yaddle menace. Yaddle Wars. If you want to start a franchise off on a good foot, right? Because as we say, Georgie boy, too steeped in the mythology. Georgie Porgie. Right. Not giving us just a good story. Because episode one, you want to launch off with some great characters that we all love, get us on board emotionally, and then you can flesh out the world. Instead, it's like, oh, here's this kid. Eh, the end. Like, loose end, loose end, loose end. Yeah. Episode one should all take place in the pit. Yeah. It should just be uh, episode one, colon, the pit. The one below. The one below. Star Wars, Episode 1. Yaddle, Episode 1, The Love Below. What if it was called Star Wars, Episode 1, colon, Below? <laughs> Star there, Wars, Episode The below. One, Below. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's the Jedi Council. That's the Jedi Council. They're crazy. They suck. They really suck. They're In this movie, they are shit. obstructionist jerks. Yeah. And so, 
apparently the Jedi's have an enemy, a like a centuries extinct enemy called Don't the Sith. Started on these guys, and there are two Sith. Always two. Apparently, there's they run in two. You'd think they'd be able to figure out two guys. You know, you think that this galactic organization would be able to tackle two guys. Or maybe, you know, much like how a lot of us think that there should be uh, changes made uh, to our, our constitution. Oh, sure. You yeah. know? Yeah, but except for the, the, you know, Ringling Brothers are down there in Washington, D.C. running the <laughs> right. show. Right. Perhaps we need to update it, you know, with the times because some of these, you know, terms that were set out were yeah, antiquated. Yeah, with sure, reference yeah. to the world we lived in at that point, it, which it, no longer absolutely. relates to the world we live in today. Maybe you go, oh, fuck, these Jedis have gotten it together. They have a fucking skyscraper. Right. They hang out inside of a Q-tip. They got a queer dude on the board with them. Maybe we should change our rules so there aren't just two of us. Yeah, maybe maybe we need more than two maybe, to, to take down oh, the no, Jedi. Oh, no, always now. there are two, oh, a master and apprentice. Master the question and is, and which apprentice. one was which? The Sith, I don't know. Should we wait? Should we do a whole other episode on the Sith? I don't think so. There's really you, not much you don't have given. Much to go off of. They seem very similar in training to the Jedis. Yeah, they're simple robes, lightsabers, 4C powers, knocking yeah. people over. But uh, real mean streak. Well, because it is established that Darth Maul is a Sith. Yeah. And when they come across him, they go, we came across a guy in Tatooine. What was he like? His powers, his training, very similar to that of a Jedi, but not precise. Right. You don't think he could be a Sith. They've been dead for centuries. They've been dead That's for millennia. Right. Yeah, exactly. They're dead for centuries. And he's like, "Don't. I got no other answer for you guys. Don't look at me. I'm saying look like a Jedi, smell like a Jedi, wasn't a Jedi, has to be a Sith. Right. And they were like, no such thing. Yeah, they're just like, uh-huh. Well, yeah, maybe you saw it, but uh, also, do they have cameras? No. This ship doesn't have any cameras. No. They could be like, oh, here's some footage of my yeah. fight with the, the evil horned devil man. All ComTech communicators. <sighs> Jesus. Let's not get back on the ComTech communicators. That's every character in the film. If you look, when they roll up their sleeves, underneath their Jedi robes, they have a little chain with a bunch of ComTech chips on it. <laughs> so each Jedi has like a Plukloon, a Boss Nass, a Sayo Bibble, so they can run those lines over. No yaddle, though, because she doesn't have any lines. Not TC-14, though. I have brought tea for your enjoyment. <laughs> oh, fuck it, Lindsay Duncan. Yeah, bring me some tea. Bring me some shiny-ass tea, Lindsay Duncan. You're one of our finest actresses. And you really get the credit you deserve. Oh, God, Lindsay Duncan. Are we okay? Yeah. My uncle. Go ahead. Jean-Claude. Jean-Claude Van Damme? No. Jean-Claude Dauphin. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, uh, told me he saw some BBC TV movie that Lindsay Duncan did where she played Margaret Thatcher. Yeah, yeah. And he said not only was it a better performance than the one Meryl Streep gave in The Iron Lady, mm-hmm. but he thinks it was the single greatest piece of acting he's ever seen. There you go. So. Just watch your back, Meryl. No less an authority than Jean-Claude Dauphin. Jean-Claude Dauphin. Whoever, Jean-Claude I've heard Dauphin. stories about that guy. He's such a good guy. Uh, shout out to Jean-Claude Dauphin, who will never listen to this. <laughs> so, the Sith, yeah. Jedi enemies. So, the Jedis have no enemies, except for these Sith who they dealt with a while they're ago. They're just bizarro Jedis. Yeah, they're bad Jedi. Bad Jedis. But, um, if, if, I don't know. If the Jedis are so close with the government, why don't they just go like, hey, government, just help us get rid of these Siths? Well, there's only two of them. And they live in an apartment in Coruscant together, <laughs> as far as we can tell. Yeah, there's that scene where they're on their patio <laughs> they're, talking. They're on patio. Yeah. They they're basically eating like canapes yeah. and sipping like champagne. Yeah. You've got Darth something. Darth in Darth, a hood. Uh, Darth Sidious. Sidious, right. Who I will say now on my fifteenth viewing of the film, <laughs> call me crazy. Yeah. 
But the lower, Wait a second. the lower sixth of this guy's face looks a lot like Senator Palpatine. I have no idea what you're talking about. What? Are you crazy? That's all you can see Senator under the Palpatine's shadows. Senator Palpatine's the, the helpful Naboo senator. He helps... Wait a second. He I'm, helps uh, Amidala untangle the knotted mess of the Senate and the bureaucrats. And he gets elected to a higher position. Yeah, which is uh, good news. Chancellor. He, he's right there at the end of the movie uh, alongside the queen being like, hooray, Naboo is free. Seems really happy about he it. Usurps he usurps the evil Chancellor Valorum. <laughs> that bastard. That right bastard. And uh, yeah, so I mean, Darth Sidious, he's the guy who organizes the trade blockade. He's very mean. David, I am not saying they're no, one and the same. Look, look, maybe it's just poor casting. I, it, we, should, we should check that's, the credits sometimes. See I'm who's saying. credited as Darth Sidious. I don't want to do it right now. We we'll checked a lot of later. things we'll on the podcast. Later. I've taken time to look up things on my phone. I'm not going to do it now because who cares? All right. But um, anyway, it, so poor, there's that guy, casting. older guy, and then a younger guy who uh, wears black and red face paint. He has yellow eyes. He has fang teeth. He has horns on his head. He's a normal looking guy. Yeah, I like him. Darth Maul. I like him. He doesn't have a first name that is given, at least. He's Darth. Is it, they're both Darth? Is it just a coincidence? Oh, I guess it's a good point. It might be a title. It might be like Sir. Yeah, exactly. Doctor. Sir Maul. Dr. Maul. Dr. Maul. Um, and Darth, so Darth Sidious mostly seems to chill out yeah. and talk to people on a holographic communication device. Oh, I know his first name. Greg. <laughs> it's Greg Archie. Sidious. <laughs> no, Archie is Maul. It's Greg Sidious Archie and Archie Maul. Yeah. Darth Maul. Yeah. Who is really excited to take on the Jedi? He's in his one line of dialogue. He's yeah. like, "At last, we'll have revenge on the Jedi." At last, we'll have. Yeah. I can't do a good Sidious. Um, no, I wish he sounded it's more Darth like Maul. a different. Darth, Darth Maul says, "Oh yeah, this. he goes, at last, we will have." Pierce Serafinowitz, I believe, that's is the right. Voice of Darth Maul. Yeah, Darth Maul is played by Ray Park, who is my English friend's high school gym teacher. Really? Yeah. Uh, who is a, an Olympian? I think he's like an athlete. I think he was like martial artist. Uh, yeah, or martial. That's what he, right. That's right. Played yeah. Toad in X Men later after this, and uh, Snake Eyes in the uh, G.I. Joe. Joe movie. Not much of a talker, Ray Park. More, nope. but an acrobat. No more a physical actor. Exactly, but he's pretty good. Yep, and would have been great in the Silent One reelers. Exactly. Yeah, he has this one fight scene with um, Qui Gon uh, early on, uh-huh. in, in the middle of the movie, in Tatooine, mm-hmm. and then later he takes on both Jedi with mm-hmm. a double bladed lightsaber. And uh, takes out Qui-Gon. Well, to be clear, in the first fight, he also has a double-bladed lightsaber. He's just choosing to only use one side. He he, he knows that he really wants that third act reveal to hit. He wants it to land. He's a big believer in uh, Chekhov's gun theory. Exactly. um, But yeah, so the only real Sith purpose seems to be kill the Jedi. Mm -hmm. At least Darth Maul. And he achieves that. He kills exactly one Jedi. Qui-Gon Jinn. One. And uh, then he gets chopped in half in a very exciting, beautifully staged lightsaber battle with uh, Qui- uh, Obi-Wan. I think he chose Qui-Gon Jinn because if he had killed Yara el Poof, it would have been a hate crime. The Sith, like, might be evil, but they are not, they're not, like, um, no. uh, bigots. No, they're not. Exactly. They're very tolerant. They, they, by all means. Yeah. I mean, we got two guys chilling out in an apartment together. <laughs> like, who knows what they're up to? Uh, where do you guys live? Uh, downtown Coruscant. <laughs> downtown from what? From the city of Coruscant. Isn't... What? I'm sorry, I just thought the whole planet was a... Who who got to talk to them, by the way? Who is this character? This is their program. <laughs> <laughs> They're looking for a patio. They They're want a place with a patio. Yeah. Um, They're looking for a new apartment. Downtown Coruscant has a lot of crime, so they're trying to go to Uptown Coruscant. Yeah. yeah I mean, the lot. problem is if the whole planet is one continuous city, 
Downtown Coruscant eventually just turns into can't Uptown it Coruscant. It's be, an infinite feedback can't loop, right? It be like lower hemisphere Coruscant, like southern hemisphere Coruscant. Sure, but I mean, does the planet rotate? I don't. <laughs> well, these are all questions we want answered. There should have been a side equal. There called, should have been uh, a side equal. Star Wars, uh, like, and it's just about like uh, the guy who does like you know. Uh, City plumbing. Planning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The guy who just designs the roads of Coruscant and yeah. the traffic patterns. Because you understand what I'm saying. If, like, if Coruscant goes on, like, no, a, I, a first to a hundred street. It's a sphere. I understand what you're saying. It, at the, some part, you're going to loop right back. <laughs> the planet is a sphere. Yeah. Anyway. There are no rivers. <laughs> we don't. Yeah, I guess. No, it's just lights. Yeah. 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 He made it clear the whole planet. city, yeah. planet is a city. Yeah. Whole city is a planet. Hey, it works both ways. Yeah. So, I'm sorry, but yeah. the, it's just, I do not understand the purpose of these characters. I don't either. I don't understand any of it except to just give us some sword fighting. I guess that's the reason. And look. Uh, oh, man. Sen- we haven't even gotten into how crazy Qui-Gon is. That guy is out of his mind. <laughs> He's out of his mind. He kidnaps a slave yeah. by rigging a, a, an important race that's yeah. being gambled on by millions of aliens. I have nothing to say to that. You're 100% correct. The man is out of his mind. You're 100% correct. This is, that long pause was I was trying to build a new theory. Uh, of what's going on here. Of what We're talking this about, about. A, a grown man who surreptitiously snatches blood from a child's arm. And when the kid's like, ow, why did you do that? He's like, don't worry about it. Fuck you. And he hits him around the head. I agree with you on all counts. Absolutely. I have no uh, ways or means to defend him. No, um, and he deserves to die, and it's great when he dies. But there, were, there was a new theory forming in my brain about what this movie is about. Sure, our our fucking central question: What is Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom Menace? You're right. What's it about? The fourth film directed by George Lucas. THX one one three eight. American, American graffiti. graffiti. There's one other one I'm always forgetting, mm, and then that, that Star Wars right Episode right. One, The yeah, Phantom Menace. Exactly. Yeah. Um, maybe it's about how. Uh, Authority should be derived from the people. Okay. Rather than from some blood test. Well, that there's so much time spent in the Galactic Senate. Yep. On the politics, the Queen. The red tape. Senator, Chancellor. Um they don't get much done, but they don't get much done in a very civil manner. That's true. That's Whereas true. the Jedi fight a lot and what happens because of it. They slash their way through whole planets. Yeah. What to maintain the status quo. They don't stop the blockade. One of them dies. One of them dies. They kidnap One children. One of two dies. They In fact, the children. only Jedi Knight dies. They kidnap children because they feel like rules don't apply to them. In the same it's way that, that many priests molest small children because not, they believe I'm not disputing any they of are being given power from a higher god. Yeah. They know who they have to answer to. The force. Right. They are not beholden to our common human laws. Right. These Jedis think that they are fucking hot shit yeah they got this shitty blood disease so we're supposed to feel bad for them some of them have been in prison for a hundred years right so they're just living life or like, have noses in their hands they're living life like like everything's a fucking make a wish foundation day jesus christ oh i can do whatever the fuck yeah, I want. You know, I never, fair, i'll rig a chance cube qui-gon <laughs> i can't get over I, that's that still scene. the main one it's for the me. worst part that's the main one but qui-gon does go on to anakin about oh the force the living binding energy you yeah. know it's so great and la la but he, he might as well be saying like yeah lord xenu put a bunch of planes in a volcano yeah, right. He also might be saying, no, I trust me, if you touch my penis, you'll have a better thing. Like, that sounds like, you know, that's how, like, pedophiles groom their victims. I'm not trying to be... Maybe that's why they're like, 
Qui-Gon, this kid is old. Do you yeah. have like a crush on this kid? Yeah, What's he's like a on, little Qui-Gon? defined. And he's Qui-Gon. like, you know what? I'll train him. I'll train yeah. him in secret. You know what? It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'll train him at my house. This kid seems scared. Yeah, and like, this kid is frightened and also like, what, does he have parents? Like, we haven't, where yeah. did you get don't, him? Don't ask about that. His parents are fine. They they said it's cool for me to hang out with him. <laughs> and they're like, Anakin, why do you feel scared? And it's like, I don't know, Qui-Gon's been running his and, like fingers uh, along the outside of my butthole for an and, hour now. And he says, just I circling miss my it mother. I miss my mom. I miss my mother. Why is this guy circling my butthole with his pinky? I'm just saying. Yeah, absolutely. And the whole movie, Obi-Wan is like, can I be a Jedi yet? Throughout history, sometimes religious figures take advantage of their authority. Yes. Yeah. I thought you were going to say have sex with young boys. Oh, always. No, I always throughout history, religious figures have sex with young boys. Sometimes they take advantage of their authority. In other ways. Yes. Such as starting wars or right. repressing holes, you know, ethnic minorities or right. something like that. Right. In our first episode, we said maybe this movie is about politics. Maybe it's about how politics and, and, and systems and the endless bureaucracy. Like the right. How, how it prevents things from getting done. Yeah. You know? Like The Wire. Yo, you guys seen The Wire? How government is, is inherently flawed. Yes. And yes. how it prevents actual social change. Right. Societal change. And then in the second episode, we said that it's kind of, we said, kind of said the same thing. Uh, we, Amidala. Yeah. God, we're a bunch of. It was the death. It was the death bags. of the culture, exactly. the high society, right, right. all yeah, of yeah, that yeah. stuff. It's the about, silly tomfoolery. If you have the time to create decoys and everything, then maybe that needs to collapse. Exactly. But the, this, the death of aristocracy. This episode, I'm, I'm arguing the opposite. That maybe the Jedi's are the ones who need to be taken down. Yeah. Well, we're, it's about like the the ossified like sort of structure of religion and how it prevents any kind of advancement or change. Right. So better to let the democratically elected officials. Yeah. Well, those guys aren't great either. We might need a revolution. Maybe we need some kind of like figurehead uh-huh. who can lead the whole galaxy. If you know what I'm saying. You're like, saying you need like a new hope to come in. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. A change. Wow. We just need. We kind of need to brush a lot of old things aside. But you know, sometimes the only thing that keeps uh, star systems in line is fear. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe that's the answer. Maybe maybe the answer is repression. Repression. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. We don't we'll know. See, I don't know. Yeah. It's too bad he's never gonna get to make any more of these. Man, how many it's more w- times are we gonna watch this movie? It's so many more times. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird for how well this film did. Because at the time of its release, it was the third Murdered. highest grossing film of all time, second Murdered. highest grossing And still, people were no talking about it for so long. People lined up to buy tickets. It was crazy how people were so excited. The hype was huge. Huge. Everyone went to see it, and then just it stuck in development hell, apparently. I mean, we haven't really, I'll admit, we have done absolutely no research <laughs> no on research. the other movies, if they were ever planned, if anything ever happened with them. There must be scriptments. <sighs> Floating around the internet. What we've right? got right now is yeah. the Phantom. Mass. That's all we That's got. What That's we've all got we right can now. go. Maybe off of, in a future later date, we'll talk about something else. But right now, what we've got is the Phantom Menace. Maybe when we're sixty, I don't know if Lucas ever gets off his hind and if he gets off one of his uh, Jedi poop chairs. Yeah, you know what's so weird to me? I looked this up the other day. Producer Ben like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. I looked this up the other day. Uh, I I because I I just realized I'm I misspoke here. I said if Lucas ever gets off his his hind and, and uh, decides to make another film. I found out he sold his production company, Lucasfilm, hmm. to Disney. Oh, well, he, did he make, he probably made like what, like five, six million dollars from that a sale? A billion. 
Wait a second. For one movie? Okay. He also produced the film Tucker, A Man in His Dreams. Oh, about the guy who uh, made a car. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola. Uh, yeah, Jeff yeah, Bridges. Right. I yeah, think it's yeah. about yeah. 13 million domestic in the U.S. <laughs> Got a couple Oscar nominations. Uh, two, I think. Dean Stockwell, I think, was nominated for that. And not, no, um, Lando was nominated. Lando. Lando yeah. Calrissian. <laughs> Martin Lando Calrissian. <laughs> the great, I don't know where that name came from. The great Martin Lando Calrissian. <laughs> uh, go on. <laughs> I talk you 12 points. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah, he, he met it right. He produced a few other movies. Radioland Ra- Murders, yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah. Howard the Duck, uh, uh, Willow. Ooh, Willow. Uh, he did do the Indiana Jones films. Yeah, I've heard of those. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're fun. Yeah, they're good fun. Yeah. There's, there's like at least one of those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, well, I mean, I think maybe Disney, you know, was like could have like you know gone back to the accountants like thought like eh, yeah maybe shouldn't have taken lucas's first offer but hey there's a lot to play around with <laughs> you, you've got the the nose hand jedi <laughs> and you've got you know boss nas like there's a lot of things you can kind of a lot of elements chance cubes yeah so yeah. maybe, maybe why they... isn't disney selling chance cubes they should be selling chance every cubes. time i'm like should i do this or that yeah. and i'm like what do i do where are the chance cubes as a former part-time disney store employee <laughs> i can tell you chance cubes would be flying off the shelves you could price those things at the low low price of 800 dollars. oh my god every household would want one a jewel encrusted chance cube oh. one side it's rubies the other side it's sapphires. like amp- yeah. sapphires yeah you just need two different colors yeah um Maybe maybe that's why Disney bought the company. Chance you know? cubes. Yeah, they they were like watching the movie and they were like, no, no, I'm saying, and then and then Watto takes out a chance cube and the guy was like, whoa, wait, what's that? What's that? What's that? Get this guy on the phone. What's his name? What's his name? Mucus. <laughs> um, maybe no, maybe they bought it because they see potential in the Star Wars universe, the Phantom right. Menace universe. Yeah. Or maybe, and we have to consider this as a possibility in Hollyweird. Maybe they just wildly overbid on Strange Magic. Yeah, Strange Magic, man. Maybe they spent $5 billion on Strange Magic. I thought it was $1 billion. Really? I I have no idea. I think it's more. Anyway, uh, so the thesis at the end of the movie, at the end of this episode, rather, as to what the movie is about, I think is fuck everyone. All power is bad. Mm, Yeah, but especially like, you know, just because a blood test says it doesn't make it so. That's true. Yeah. So it's... Not like um, an anti-vaxxers movie, but like maybe he's maybe arguing against the existence of STDs. It could be. Maybe this entire film, the meaning of this entire film is him trying to convince his girlfriend <laughs> that he doesn't have HIV. Maybe Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Uh-huh. She's like, I sense much anger in you. <laughs> no. You seem like... Just because there's a blood test, just because Dr. Poof said so. She's like, look, you're just afraid that I have HIV. Right. And fear leads to anger, and anger leads to hate, and hate leads to suffering. That's the path of the dark side, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, So maybe that's what the movie's about. Maybe it's blood blood always lies. Yep. Power is corruptible. Absolute power corrupts, absolutely. That's what I was about to say, yeah. I don't know. David, I don't know what this movie's about. Well, you know what we should do? Like 15 more episodes? A, yes. Yeah. B, listen to the director's commentary. That's a great idea. Yeah. That's a great idea. Next week, we're going to have our first ever guest on the show. What? 
Uh, he's a man named Connor Ratliff. Mm. He is a wonderful uh, comedian, mm. writer, actor, performer around town. So nice. Uh, and he uh, has been doing a monthly show in character as George Lucas. He hosts a show called the George Lucas Talk Show. The guy who made American Graffiti? Seems like limited comedic territory. Mm, whatever. Um, but this is a man who's been living... Because he lives his characters. He's been living out. As, as Lucas. A life as Lucas. So I think he's going to have a lot of insight into psychology of Lucas. Yeah. And we're going to let Lucas, the man himself, speak to us through this commentary along yeah. with, and I think. talk uh, about what he was thinking. Yeah. Probably uh, going to be a lot of gibberish about like other failed projects, but we'll yeah. just ignore that. The what ifs. Yeah. The could have exactly. beens. Yeah. Um, but so that's in store for next week. Uh, take out your uh, Phantom Mass Blu-rays. Uh, mm-hmm. Load on the commentary track. Can we? Can we like start your engines? Can start your sound engines. Effect, Rev your pod racers. Yeah. Five dollars, sucky sucky. Are we ending on that? No, we're not. <laughs> I go, here's a real ending. I Griffin Newman. I David Sim. Love all people equally. I absolutely I love all people equally and and the views no and opinions expressed in this podcast are only a reflection of, of how much George Lucas hates everyone of his sick mind sick, his sick viewpoint sick fucking mind oh god what I do to Lindsay Duncan oh boy that's gonna be a whole other podcast oh boy is that I think that's a good place to end yeah, yeah.